Hi, Priscilla McKinney here, Mama Bird and CEO at Little Bird Marketing. I'm so excited to announce finally, my book is out. Collaboration is the new competition. Why the future of work rewards a cross-pollinating hive mind and how not to get left behind. So what's the book about? (laughs) The impetus was really about a gap that I saw in the business vernacular about how we need to work together to get ahead and have much bigger wins. I think it's super important right now because there is a growing need for collaboration in the business world. And I made this book super practical. In fact, the chapters tell you how many minutes it's going to take for you to get through them. I know you're busy, but these kinds of ideas are going to, I hope, permeate into your thought process and help you get ahead quicker. The first part of the book is about what is the state of affairs in business and why I believe collaboration is really needed. And it also goes on to explain these are the fundamentals that need to happen so you can have collaboration. So once you set yourself up for the win, then it's not always smooth sailing. And I finished the last half of the book giving you seven different anchors that you can use as a practical tool in order to make sure you stay on course. So in a time when business has never been more complicated, this book offers a fresh and, in my opinion, much needed perspective. It moves away from that idea of linear success and instead brings people together to give you a competitive advantage. Visit PriscillaMcKinney.com for more information. Thanks for joining me on this special episode of Digital Transformation Success. I'm Priscilla McKinney. I'm the CEO here at Little Bird Marketing, and I had the honor of being invited to North America X Day 2023 from Question Pro. And let me tell you, what a delightful experience. What was so amazing about this event held in Austin was that it was centered around, yes, digital transformation, yes, insights, yes, customer experience, and yes, employee experience, and all the latest advancements and how we go about asking very difficult questions to move our business and even our society forward. But what was so amazing about it with the people. It wasn't just about, here's your work, here's your work, here's how we do better at our jobs. It was about, here's who we are, here's who we can be. And it was a real interesting call to interacting in a different way and even just some inspiration. I had the pleasure of interviewing some of the speakers and some of the staff from Question Pro and people who attended. And I hope you'll get a little piece of what happened at this event and check them out at questionpro.com. I'll give one caveat before we start this episode to let you know, this is not a paid advertisement. I was simply invited to this event and it truly was meaningful. And I believe this is the way that we can come together and collaborate on a much deeper level. So thank you so much to Vivek Baskaran for his vision and for his amazing team that came around him to make that happen. Party. This has been a great day already. We're live at X Day 2023 for Question Pro. And it's so cool that so many of the topics have been, it's great to talk about market research, but there have been so many great speakers outside of market research and really how we can be better professionals. But you just led a very interesting panel for amazing people in the industry. So tell us first a little bit about what you do at Question Pro, and then give us a little bit of a summary of some of that really great juicy stuff that was in the panel. 
Yeah, well, thank you for coming and thank you for being here. It's been an incredible day. I am the president and chief healthcare officer here at Question Pro. And what that basically means, I am I had in charge of all of commercial strategy for Question Pro in North America, as well as I'm trying to get us into the healthcare space more and more. That's been my background from a researcher standpoint and a commercialization standpoint. And there's tons of data that gets collected in that industry. The panel I just ran was a lot of fun. It was four people on the panel. Not all of them are our customers, and that was intentional to get some real feedback on what they are seeing, both from market research, consumer research, employee experience research, and how are they looking at that data, collecting it, and actually using it daily in their jobs to make active and good business decisions. It was a little bit of fun to also see Anna Schaefer from Highlight and to get the announcement they had just done a big raise. So it's cool to celebrate things like that within the industry. Is there something from that panel that surprised you a little bit? Because I do love that you came at it without this script. And it really was a live panel and an off-the-cuff hearing from people who are in the trenches with these numbers every day. What surprised you? Yeah, I think the biggest surprise was how much data is used on the experience management side, but on for people management and people analytics. That was a big, of course, we have a product in that arena. We call it workforce and we talk with HR professionals all the time. But what Vijay and Anna were sharing on the panel and how they're really using people data every day to listen make business decisions, make commercial decisions, move their teams forward. I mean, there were two extremes, right? Like he has worked for humongous companies, 30, 40, 50,000 employees, and she works for a 70-person company. But there were so many similarities in what they're both doing in collecting and constantly listening. That is incredible to me to hear. Every time I talk to anybody collecting data, they're listening, they're listening, they're listening. It's both freaky, but also really cool. (laughs) There was a little bit of that of people going, I don't know, this is kind of stalkerish. But let's back up a little bit to the healthcare idea, because you guys had a fantastic keynote this morning, Walter Greer. Everybody had goosebumps and we cried a little bit. Some people laughed a little bit, but it was really getting to that. What is your purpose and can we do better? If we had the right data, what will that data do? What will we do with that truth? How will we handle the truth and how can we come out with that in a different way? So you obviously want to see that happen happen in healthcare in a deeper way. There were some disturbing facts. We know this about especially Black maternal and child health in this country. It is just surprising and it is sad. In healthcare, when you think about the amounts of data that are going on, what is kind of your wave the magic wand moment about why you want to work so much with healthcare and what kind of difference do you think that could make? That's a great question. I mean, I have a really broad goal and it's equity of health and equity of health care. Now, that's a really big word and a big theme. But as Walter was saying, that's why him and I have been friends for so long. There is so much disparity, even in just the area you live in. I'm in Chicago. I'm in the northern suburbs of Chicago. I'm very lucky where we live. And I could drive four miles either direction and not have the same access to care that I do. And I'm just so used to and I guess lucky to have. I would love to use data to help people in impoverished areas or underprovished areas or minority populations domestically or globally to provide better and more predictive healthcare. And we have the data. Unfortunately, healthcare is 
massively tied up in the way it is commercialized and the way we make money off it, not only in the Americas, but even outside of the United States. And until the money follows, unfortunately, this disparity will continue to stay. So all of us in healthcare are really hopeful and focusing and marching towards, let us open your eyes with what is actually happening because people don't have access to care and they don't have access to good care to be smart about health decisions. Well, you also have Cecil, who's in charge of your VP of sales. And it's interesting. I've just put this together. He comes from a background in healthcare as well, working with nurses, really an unserved population and probably a very unappreciated population. So it does strike me as interesting that him leading the VP of sales position quite possibly means a great deal of empathy for the change that we need to make in healthcare. No, absolutely. And there has to be a huge shift in the way we look at caring for people. I mean, just in the United States, you look at the population, 40% or greater subset of the United States population is aging population. It's the my parents' generation, or even some of us are lucky to even have our grandparents with us. And we are the caregiving generation, but our healthcare is not built that way to deliver care that way. And what can help us change is data, prediction, analytics, and helping both our clinical teams, our doctors, our physicians, our nurses in the field, as well as the money managers, insurance companies, CMS, reimbursement rates, to kind of talk together and come up with collaborative offerings. And it's all based around data. So. Okay, well, these kinds of events are so important. I just have to say huge thank you to Question Pro for putting it on. These are not cheap endeavors. They require a big lift of a lot of people coming together. But this is the key point that it is really important for people to get together and share ideas back and forth and also share purpose back and forth because we have the truth, we have the data, and it is amazing to get it out there, but that does not change behavior. So I love the way that you guys are approaching it and bringing so many people together to say, we have to solve this problem. In fact, we must solve it. You're absolutely right. Being back in person, having these conversations in an open environment, disagreeing with each other, saying, yes, I like, but no, I don't like, but let me give you some new ideas. That was one of the main reasons we wanted to have this conference in Austin and have all of our peers and collaborators back so we can listen, learn, talk, and try to move to the next phase. And like Walter said this morning, use data to do good, to do more, to be better. I love it. Don't give in to the dark side. You heard it here at Question Pro. Do good. <laughs> I have Amanda White from Tegna. And first of all, tell everybody what you actually do there. But what were you really trying to convey in this panel? I'm the head of insights at Tegna. And so what I do there is I oversee all the research to ensure that we are making sure our customers are at the center of all the decisions we're making. I oversee our researchers at the corporate side of team, but then also all of our field researchers at all of our local news stations. I partner with them to make sure we have a great research collective and all the needs are met. What we were talking about there is like, great, you are actively involved in so much research. How are you using it? And you say keeping that customer right at the center of it. How does that work out for you every day? There's decisions being made daily, 
all the time. So just being that voice of the customer, knowing that we know the data the best, we are looking at all types of data sources that we have access to, all the data that we actually collect, and then just bring it together. A synergy around what is the true message? What do customers really want? What type of content do they need? What do they feel like is not being covered in their community as far as local news and different topics? And making sure that we have that understanding. So as we're shaping our newscast across the country, we make sure that we are truly impacting the communities like we want to. This is a tough time, I think, to be in news. If I think back about like when we really started into this 24-hour news cycle and now we're all kind of living in fear. I know that this is stuff you hear probably a lot, but it is nice to hear such a large company like yours really listening for what the consumer wants as opposed to just going out and saying, okay, we're just going to have to really peddle in fear. Where do you feel like your company makes a difference there with some of that more localized view and, and more local? localized use of the data. With local news, it's all about trust. So we build trust by on the back end with the data, just really understanding how consumers feel. Like you talk about fear, understand that fear. Everyone experiences fear at some point in their life, some point throughout their day. So understanding where does that fear come from and how that how we can help alleviate that. And a lot of that's through understanding. There's fear of just the unknown. And what's great about just news in general is that it's all about clarifying things. So when you think about what Tegna really empowers, it's just like that transparency and understanding like how are we delivering the news where is that coming from being able to fact check we have a great brand of verify so we are centered around just bringing clarity and um, trust in our community how do you stay focused as a professional to what needs to be done next? You have to be able to pivot at any time. Set your priorities. But like you said, things are moving at a fast pace. It's local news. No day is the same. That's why I'm in it because I love it because I love that fast pace. Nothing's ever boring. And so it's just really knowing what data you have access to and knowing when to apply it. That's the best thing. And even if something comes at you quick, you're like, okay, I know what data source to go to. I know what data point to apply here. And then you just implement it. Amanda, you work at such a large company, but on the stage with you was Anna from Highlight, an 80-person company. So do you feel like there's a difference between what you're thinking about voice of the consumer as opposed to what she might be thinking? Or do you feel like, no, it's the same thing? I think it all aligns. While we're a big company, Tegna, we own different local news stations in different markets. You have your smaller markets, you have larger markets population-wise. So when you think about company size, you think about, okay, they're a smaller company, but their needs are just as valuable as a larger company. And so that's how we approach our audiences in our communities, no matter if it's like a smaller populated community or a larger populated community. All the things that people care about and they're concerned about, they matter. So I think that's the same thing as far as business-wise. Same concerns Anna probably has, and she's trying to solve for and make sure, like, the voice of the customer is being heard. We're doing the same thing. I love it. Thanks so much. So I'm here with Sean Nason. I actually went to the breakout session at the Question Pro X Day event. This has been amazing. I had too many questions. We ran out of time. But this was really about letting the profits follow from giving a shit about people. So tell me a little bit about the snippet, like, why you felt so compelled to talk about this topic and then I'm going to hit you up for a couple of really great tips. Yeah. So it's compelling to me because particularly after the pandemic, people want to work with purpose and when their why. So us as executives, as leaders of organization, we need to build cultures that allow people to live in that purpose and why and still be profitable. I'm not saying that you can't make money, but lead with the human experience first 
and you'll get the numbers you need. And I'm a firm believer in that. And I've seen that across many industries. Well, you've worked in a lot of different industries. You came some pretty big names and had a lot of really great experiences. And you have actually created change in very large organizations that other people would have looked at and said, nah, that's never going to change too big of a ship. So what do you think that secret is to like having that patience to really go through the process? Yeah. And so I started on this in the session and didn't get to finish it. As leaders, I tell all organizations this, executives, leaders, you have to remove barriers and you have to remove obstacles and you have to get out of the day to day. And you have to hire the right team to be in that space. And so then after you do that, I talked about three key things. My simple sermon I preach. Leaders and executives need to be transparent. They need to build what I call radical relationships within organizations. You need to know your people. You need to be walking the floors. You need to be sitting in meetings that have nothing to do with what you're doing to know the people. Build those radical relationships. And the hardest one, but to me is so simple, is you have to love people. I do not know how you can be a leader or an executive in an organization and not love people. You know, I'm a CEO and I got to tell you, that's hard. That's a simple message that you give, but it is hard because you have also been in those experiences where you've been burned. You've been burned by clients, been burned by employees. You've been burned by even systems that you've tried to put in place. And so coming back to that love, I think, was really a lot of your message, which is really strong. But tell me a little bit about what do you think of how this relates to where we're at today at X Day and thinking about bringing technology into this and AI, because you had a pretty strong opinion about what that looks like and why you chose this particular message in light of AI and technology. So listen, I love technology. I love AI. I'm a huge study of it. I use it in many things. Here's what needs to happen. We have to find the balance between technology and the human experience. So a simple thing is how do you figure out how to be high touch and high tech? And so I've done a ton of work in the healthcare services space. So how do you become tech enabled so you can then create those human experiences and create those touch points? So all of us have doctors, most of us. I won't say all of us because our country is still not there yet. We have doctors. I want technology to be used for our doctors to be able to take the administrative burden off of them so then they can sit down and have a face-to-face conversation with me. So I love tech, but let's not create tech for just creating tech. Let's create tech to solve a problem that helps people be able to attend and have the human communication. Yeah, that's starting with the end in mind and really understanding, to your point, what your purpose is. Sean, you're also an author. So before we go, I just want to give you a chance to talk about you've written multiple books. Pick one that you feel like you'd love to just talk about a little bit and pitch and, and why someone should read it. Yeah, our latest book written in 2020 called Kiss Your Dragon. It's a book, a conversation book, easy read, two hours between three people having a conversation. And the reason I'm are so passionate about that book is it just gives the principles, the simple principles of how do you build those radical relationships? How do you fall in love with the right problems? How do you go where the love is? Simple of measuring mindsets and heart sets. And we don't talk about heart sets in business, but heart sets are just as much in business as our mindsets are. And how do you bring the two of them together? to build a profitable, scalable business. I did really like that about your talk, by the way, kind of at the end, talking about 
how you need to lead from mindsets as opposed to these hard, fast rules. And I think that is it's a little bit more open minded when you tackle problems as opposed to just seeing it from one particular view. Sean, how can people reach you? This was amazing. Thank you for doing the breakout. Yeah, the best way to reach me is go find me on LinkedIn, Sean Nason. Not hard to find me there or Sean at Mofi, M-O-F-I dot C-O. Awesome. Crystal, marketing person to marketing person. First of all, what an amazing event. And from someone who knows how hard it is to put these on, well done, my friend. Well done. So I will say, just for anybody who was not here, the whole marketing crew and anybody who could be called upon for a quick help is all wearing pink high converse today. And I think that was a very clever way to say, hey, we're here to help you. So tell me a little bit about why you guys decided to do this private event. This is the second year in a row. What are you trying to accomplish? Well, we're really trying to create a sense of community and value and almost like shenanigans <laughs> in insights coming from outside the insight world. I just realized it's so fun. And sometimes get people just get a little too serious about it. And for me, any moment that I can say, hey, surveys are fun. Surveys are sexy. <laughs> surveys are whatever you dream, we can build it. And that's really what I like. want people to take away. That's why we do X Day. And that's my ethos around even the marketing at Question Pro. Okay, one of the things that was really cool this morning, Vivek actually did a keynote, showed a couple of the new features that are coming. And I'd have to say, this really hasn't been much about Question Pro. Almost all the speakers have been about everything else. But it was really a cool little moment where he showed really this personalization and this touch of like making a survey fun and making it sexy for someone and getting more respondents, getting a better number up because people are are enjoying themselves. It is very important. So that was a very cool look. In fact, I got a picture of it <laughs> because someone really did import some cool rich media and make it a little bit more interesting. So us marketers, we know this is it. Also, I'm a St. Patrick's birthday. So I love shenanigans too. And this is why you and I will be forever friends. <laughs> but okay, so hard question about some of the great, great speakers that you've had there. Has there been something surprising that has come out from this for you or something that you think, huh, I didn't really see it that way before? What are some of your thoughts on what you've heard so far today? To be frank, that means I listened and was not running around. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, wow, to be a, but for me, realizing there is such a thread of employee experience to customer experience to surveys. I mean, they're surveys at the end of the day. And watching people like even with Gina Woodall's presentation where it talked about sentimentic employee experience to customer experience to retention to growth. And then we had Artie's panel that also talked about all three of those things kind of guiding together. And now Sonia on stage talking about empowering your future of work. Like, I think we are really finding our moment where people are as important as the products. Products are built for consumers who are also people. Yeah, I love that. Okay. And this is the part where I tell you, that I have laughed and I have cried in many of these sessions. And one of them, I actually cried literal tears. And so it was a little tear wiping, oh but they have been very good at actually bringing you into that moment to think about what is next? What could you do? How could we change the future? So hats off to you and your team about that. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate it. 
Carrie Angelette with Illuminos. We've been really taking in all of this crazy stuff today together, listening to some really great speakers, including somebody from your team, Gina Woodall, talk from Illuminous perspective. But you're native to Austin. So tell us a little bit about your weird city. Okay. Wow. So one of the things I love most about Austin is it's a great outdoor city. We have miles and miles of trail. I live really close to what is now called Ladybird Lake. It used to be called Town Lake. And I've run miles and miles around that trail. Of course, everyone knows about live music. You can really just step out your door and you can find the biggest, largest acts that are going to be at the Moody Center to the most interesting, unique acts that are just playing at where you're having dinner that night. Okay. Speaking of which, we had dinner somewhere last night. Geraldine's at the Hotel Van Zandt. Highly recommended. <laughs> but this was so funny is that two of my favorite songs, Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits, and then followed up by That's Just the Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby in the Range. And somebody covered both of those right in a row. And I was like, wow, this night can't get any more perfect. And then we started talking shop again. And I was like, this is the best. <laughs> but okay, so let's talk a little bit about this conference. One of the interesting things you and I talk a lot about is how well-known Illuminos is for operating in the tech space and really delivering that perception of the customer. What do they think about tech and really helping tech companies navigate? And even in the last couple of years, even a more difficult time. Of course, Illuminos is very diversified and works beyond that. But today, you and I were commenting about how much of the conference today was talking about using data internally, not necessarily for our clients. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about this show's sponsor. As a business professional, mastering social media is no longer a nice to have set of skills, but a fundamental need in order to advance your career and exceed goals. A lot of people are interested in learning social selling techniques for revenue generation, network building, and maybe even to advance their thought leadership. But what is actually needed is a practical and repeatable system to digitally transform whole teams. Teams that commit to creating meaningful digital communities and learn how to leverage social media to turn relationships into sales online far outperform their competitors and companies that commit to investing in their teams to increase their personal social influence reap the benefit of increased brand awareness and positive upticks in company reputation. Social media is natural, it's cost-effective, and it's an easily leveraged tool at anyone's disposal. What is lacking is an effective and proven system that trains sales, marketing, HR, and executives alike to move from social selling to complete digital transformation and into digital dominance. Our 12-week social selling course is a practical, hands-on experience. It's taken over time specifically to address the needed mindset shifts, the changes in habits and behaviors, and all of this while implementing new skills. You will learn how to network effectively and at scale build rapport with targeted audiences, expand your influence, and become the go-to authority in your area of expertise. So this is not a quick tips and tricks for LinkedIn success flash in the pan. It's a commitment to changing the way you show up online and experience career-shifting breakthroughs. This is expert instruction in small cohorts with personalized one-on-one coaching. If you're interested, go learn more at littlebirdmarketing.com 
slash social hyphen influence. Well, that's what I really loved about today because every conference that I go to, I'm usually really focused on the client. And a lot of times I'm focused on selling. And I've really enjoyed being here today because I've got to my focus on our people and really thinking about our employee SAT results that we just got back and really listening and finding out unique ways that we can action on those results so that we really are addressing the concerns, the issues that our employees are feeling, especially after having gone through such a tough year because of said tech struggles as well. But also a really great year because you guys acquired another company this year and so big growth. And today has been a lot about how do we take this truth and this data that we have and how do we action on it for change management? Because change, even though it's very good, this idea of an acquisition and you guys are growing, it still is very hard for people. Yeah, absolutely. And that has a lot to do with it as well, because as you could imagine, when we did our SAT results, which were recent, there was a lot around the acquisition and all the emotions that come along with that. But on that note, it is such a positive thing and there is a lot of excitement. So it's trying to really harness that excitement and the benefit that people really are going to get from this because it is about the things that they really care about, which are growth opportunities, which is one of the number one things that came out of the SAT results and how this acquisition can really help foster that for them. So yes, there are the scary things about it and the unknowns. And I think that's really about us doing the best job we can with communication and how we continually keep people updated about what's happening, how we're really open and transparent about timelines, about what's going to affect them, what's not going to affect them, and doing just a really good job about highlighting those benefits and making sure that people really feel that we're not going to be the same that we were, but we're not going to be different. We're going to be better. I love that. And there was so much talk today about actioning that change management in a way that really honors your people. Obviously, the success you had, it was the people who got you here. It's the people that are going to get you to that next stage. But wow, just kudos to you guys. A great year. And Austin, what's going on with Austin and Market Research? Because we'll see you in May, right? No, April. We'll see you in April here in Austin for Green Books IIX. So it'll be a chance to check back in with you and Jay and the whole team and see how things have grown for Illuminos. So we're excited that IAX is going to be back here again in Austin, I think now the third year in a row. And we always have such a great experience there. And it's always great to get connected with people in our industry, but also people that are really focused on innovation, which is such a huge focus of that particular conference. Yeah. So super excited about that. I'm here with Kat Smith. Full disclosure, we've been friends for a very long time, and I love what you do in this industry. But I guess my question today, we're here at the Question Pro event. Why did you come? Like, what is the interest and what are you getting out of today? Oh, I'm getting actually a lot of really interesting stuff. They've really picked some great speakers. But I used Question Pro when I was doing a project for somebody else, a company who was short on people. And they were like, well, we need you to use our platform. And I used it. And it was very easy to use. And it really, I loved the fact that I could put everything in Word and just pop it over and it was good to go. So I was really interested in see what else they have. And I'm really learning all these little other things they do. And I can't wait to try them out. They are good about like sharing some of the product, but you're right that these have been very provocative speakers about 
topics that are just hard for us to be dealing with as business owners, as moderators, as market researchers, as people. (laughs) So they haven't been exactly focused on market research or market research problems. So give me a takeaway from one of the speakers that you had today. There are two speakers that I've seen that I was just like, oh my gosh, and I'm not good with the names, but the guy who talked about your development and then how to take that personal development and move it to your company and your future and planning your own future. He literally shared frameworks that I'm going to take home and use to kind of get prepared for my next step. So that was really awesome. And then I also went to another one that was about qualitative research, which I didn't really expect to be here. And it was about how to use images to better get your participants to really talk to you and get into that limbic response, which we all know is how we actually reach the hearts and minds is to get that limbic response. I think that was Susanna and Wayne from AHA Experience. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that session because I tried to go in it and actually it was standing room only. There was like, I couldn't open the door. So I'm like, well, I guess that's full. But yeah, so that was really important to you, kind of how they presented it. So you've been in this for a long time, but what was so different about it? Well, I love the examples they gave and she gave some really cool frameworks. They're willing to share as well, just how they take those pictures and the observations. And I also loved the way they made it very interactive. So you started out by randomly picking a picture and then tying that into what you've learned here at the conference. And then later on, they gave some examples where they showed you a group of pictures that respondents had put out for a certain question about what they like in vacation. And then they compared people from South America to people from the U.S. to people from Europe. And then it was just looking at those pictures, we were asked to, what do you see? As a group, we just kind of were saying, what do we see? And that tied in exactly the insights they found. And it was a great way to show how images and pictures really communicate what people want. Something new, obviously, every time that we get challenged a little bit with the way we've seen the world, someone else gives us another way to look at it. And that really is kind of at the heart of market research, right? These curious nerds that are all in the room. And I count you as one of my curious nerd friends, Kat. Thank you. (laughs) I'm here with Cecil Poopatingle and actually... Just full disclosure, we're new best friends. So (laughs) we're at the question pro event, but this has been amazing. And I want everybody to hear a little bit about what your role is at Question Pro. And then I'm going to just put the screws to you and ask you some really deep questions, Cecil. Well, I'm a deep guy. And so this is very exciting. I'm the VP of sales for Question Pro, specifically for the market research agency business and the government business. So my responsibility is to grow both lines of business. What I understand is that our platform and the services that we're offering these two business lines is mission critical for what they're trying to accomplish. So on the market agency research business, they're wholly focused on acquiring new customers and expanding within their own customer base They're and trying to figure out different ways where they can be stickier and more valuable for their customers. Mm-hmm. Our platform allows them to be stickier with their current customers and acquire new business. So that's addressing their problem right at the get-go and saying, okay, we have a solution for it. Can't we both win? Yeah, 100%. And I believe next year is going to be a watershed year for that business line because what we're really looking for are ways where we can win-win, where Question Pro is winning as an organization and growing our own business, but also how do we truly 
help our customers help their customers. It's the oxygen mask theory. Yeah. And so that's exactly what we're trying to do. Okay. I think that's what this event is, actually. So this has been put on. You've invited influencers in the industry. You've invited clients, obviously. And really, it has been about taking care of clients and also all the employees that are here. It's really lovely to be able to let them meet all the other clients and see what other areas of the business are doing. But I was in a session today. Thank you very much. It was a very good speaker. And he talked about how often we look at our company through the rear view mirror and he's speaking to a bunch of market researchers. So I'm kind of laughing, haha, brand tracker, you know, <laughs> it's true. But the idea that the rear view mirror is so tiny in comparison to the windshield. And so I think that interesting analogy is very interesting for today. So we're looking at the windshield and saying, okay, let's look forward instead. It's yeah. so much bigger than the rear view mirror. It has so much more possibility and it is what is coming at us. So in terms of this idea, of watershed moment you just said, what are you looking out of the windshield and what are you seeing and what do you mean exactly by watershed year? Yeah. So taking that analogy, I think there's two things. One, I truly believe that living in the moment and trying to capture as much as you can from that moment and giving back to that moment is just so important. It's the same thing with businesses. So as I'm looking at the windshield, I'm also looking at the passenger. I'm driving. I'm looking at the passenger. You're you're expanding our analogy here. It's so exciting, Cecil. (laughs) And so the passenger is everyone here at this conference. It's incredible the amount of learning that's happening across businesses, across functions, and their own customers and client base. And the brain share is incredible. It's so insightful. And we're learning from each other. What I see in the future is how do we take this learning? How do we take these things that we inherently know is good for our business, our employees, good for our customers, and using survey and market research to be the glue to connect all of that? How do we use all of that and make an action plan out of it. How do we actually drive the car? Okay, well, this is really interesting because you and I are in the school who really wants to believe that market research can be a part of really ushering in a new progressive era, not just in our industry, but in our world. And I mean, everybody just went, oh my gosh, you guys are saps. You know what? (laughs) Great, we're saps. I want to believe that this is a new way of thinking about life, that we don't have to keep going back and repeating patterns of how we treated customers or how companies dealt with social problems. or And we've been hearing that in all of the breakout sessions and the main sessions today. So what's one takeaway from one of the sessions you listened to today? Well, you know, I listened to Walter Greer's keynote earlier this morning. And my biggest takeaway was the fact that we're all people that can make a difference in this world. When you think about it, companies, companies work with companies. Yes, that's true. Where Companies are solving problems. But what are companies made of? They're made of people, people like you and me, And quite frankly, like when I wake up in the morning, I want to do something. I want to meet people. I want to get stuff done. I want to help. As an organization, I can tell you Question Pro is passionately believing in connecting people with people, getting stuff done to truly help. And I know a lot of the people that are here in this conference feel the exact same way. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm here because I believe in collaboration as a new form of competition. I don't know if you've heard it, (laughs) but I do love that. I keep putting people in my sphere of influence who feel this same way. And it's not giving away trade secrets. We have companies to run, but I love how Vivek is really saying, how can we collaborate and collaborate with our customers, collaborate with the larger industry, and even with the employees? What do you think? And bringing employees to this to, to be challenged. He's been a very provocative 
keynotes um, all day long. They've yeah. been a little bit hard in some ways because they're pushing on us. They're challenging us. So Cecil, I look forward to what you do in this next year, in this thank watershed you. year. But thanks so much for just being able to think about what everybody else in the room needs and going beyond just our own needs. It's lovely. It, it is. And to plug your book, I love your book. It's incredible. I've only read the first few chapters. So on the plane ride tomorrow, I'm going to be reading the rest. Well, I hope I don't disappoint. I hope I got a joke in there or something for you. <laughs> I think we're truly helping. And, yeah. and I'm excited to be a part of this. Oh, great. So I'm here at Question Pro. Uh, they had Dan Riley just speak about epic work experiences. I laughed, I cried. And as he ended the session, he admits that in culture work and tough questions, often he is the therapist for CEOs trying to implement change. But let's start with the radical thought you brought up today, which is that rarely do leaders actually change the culture of your group. And it really is the teams themselves who change the culture of the group. So tell me a little bit about that thought and how you challenged us on that today. Yeah, hearing that you cried and you laughed, that, that, that to me, it's meaningful. So thank you for saying that. I usually don't use, I'm not one to ever use sports analogies, but if you think about any team, ultimately it's those on the field who have to read each other. They can learn the tools, learn from their coaches or leaders, but ultimately the work is done by the team. And it's the teams that are together and working together through complex problems on a daily basis. So that trust and that empathy and that humility and that connection that I talked about has to exist and has to be nurtured and fed through the team, not sort of a manager saying you must be more connected or you must be more productive. Like that ultimatums don't drive progress. People coming together because they want to do something bigger than themselves drives progress. Okay, that sounds great. And I'm totally in. But now let's really talk about where we're at right now. Because one thing you mentioned you bring up is that change is just what's for breakfast. I mean, forget it. This is what we're doing anymore. And it's hard, very, very hard. You mentioned about the intentionality needed as people either come back to the office or they stay work from home or there's a hybrid. So you mentioned don't do something just for the sake of doing something. Tell me a little bit about how you help companies with your role at Radical to really think through that intention. Yeah, we use kind of have a every acronym model. We have a 5P model. And one of the P's in our model is places. So it's people, places, process, and two others. Sorry, <laughs> it's, been a long, it's been a long day. Those are actually the three top ones. And places is all about how you show up. Anytime I work with organizations and they say, we're trying to define our hybrid working strategy and should we do two days or three days? Immediately, I, I suggest that's the wrong question to be asking. Well, What's the business need? How is it going to, how do you want things to be different? And that's that intentionality that I talk about. If we show up, why are we coming back? Start with, with the why you're doing what you're doing and then sort of build your strategy around that. There might be a really, really important need for people to come back on some timely basis. I'm not against that whatsoever. I'm against sort of arbitrary decisions just because we feel like we should get back to some sense of being normal. Then you saw the words I put up there. That's where a feeling of not being heard and feeling exhausted and feeling burnt out, that starts to happen. And that's where we're at right now. People are starting to feel that because companies are going back to making decisions that aren't really based on the individual's needs, but based on more of the organization's needs. Mm -hmm. 
you start your whole premise by saying that you believe that people deserve an epic experience. So that's a belief statement and you operate and motivated completely out of that. So let's just say companies come to you and they say, yeah, I agree too. But what are the things you're hearing that are the biggest blockers right now? I think it's kind of getting out of the way of how things were done or the past. I think right now, too often, we're afraid to change. I mean, Saul, I walk through kind of a classic change model and a mindset. And that mindset is actually the hardest work, is getting to that point where you really are committed to you see something greater than where you are. So you're point A, you want to be in point F. And I think it's just committing to that. So I think some of the, the biggest blockers are communication, not being super clear about what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it. Empowerment, absolutely. I think driving a hyper-personalized experience isn't being done as well as it could, and that really helps with change. So listening and empowering the individual, I'm a huge believer in that. Organizations still push stuff upon us. Employee experience has kind of failed a little bit because of that, because we've just pushed out cool apps versus really thinking about what are the problems. As an employee, if something doesn't go right, that experience, that moment that matters, as you've heard that language, I'm sure many times, you don't classify it or categorize it. It's just a moment in your workday that was good or not good. You don't say, well, this happened during the onboarding, this happened. So we need to do a better job of creating a more holistic experience, what I call more of a whole person experience model. I love it. It's so nice, Question Pro, to have this, just a real challenge. This is provocative thinking, and we all need to do better. When we know better, we can do better. But you can find Dan Riley, Dan, R-I-L-E-Y, and the company is Radical, R-A-D-I-C-L. Yes. Thanks so much for joining us. We're live at the Question Pro X Day. I have one of the speakers, in fact, one of the keynotes here, and Gina Woodall is with Illuminos. So tell us what you actually do at Illuminos. Hi, I'm a vice president of client services and group director. I head the services businesses in all the research for financial services, hospitality and travel and education and consumer tech. And I lead the team day to day and work with clients for their business strategy based on the research that we do. Well, some of the research that you do is pretty interesting, and the American Innovation Index is incredibly interesting. So tell us a little bit about why you were asked to speak today at Question Pro's event, and give us a little bit of a summary of some of your highlights. Well, the American Innovation Index measures over 200 brands across 20 sectors on customers' feelings on the innovativeness of these companies, and it ranks those 200 companies. It's really designed to highlight the fact that companies can innovate, but unless it really impacts the customer experience, it doesn't have an impact on the business loyalty of customers as well as business growth in the end. And what we have found in the study is that For every five points increase in the innovation index, the company generates an additional 8% in shareholder wealth. So it really has an impact on the bottom line when companies focus their innovation efforts on changing the customer experience and improving the customer experience and not innovating for the sake of innovating. Right. So it really comes down to customer perception. I mean, you can innovate all you want, but if it's not something that is of value to the customer, 
that perception is going to be completely missed. There were some surprises in the results that you had. I specifically, the fact that people thought Toyota was such an incredibly innovative company. So tell me a little bit about that and why that is kind of how it stacks up against other companies that you would intuitively think would be perceived as more innovative. Right. So I think the big thing going into when we first started the research on the American Innovation Index was that all the tech companies would just rise to the top. They would just dominate the index. And what we found, we actually talked to customers that work with brands across 19 different sectors, all the sectors in the U.S. economy, the largest ones. And we found that only a few tech companies really rise to the top, and Apple being one of them, of course. But a lot of tech companies fall below. There's so much innovation going on within these different brands. And automotive is the number one industry we found, which, you know, we kind of surprised us at first. But then as you start to hear the stories, as we've done more research into it and talked to representatives from Ford and Toyota and Honda, we're learning about so much. Their entire culture, their entire ethos is focused on innovation and thinking about how the customer uses their products, and then how to innovate to make them more useful to them. And just think about when you buy a new car. It's like a totally different experience. It's very exciting to get a new car and see all the new features and functionalities that were responsive to the problems that you had years ago when you bought your first car. And Toyota is innovating on other things. They're innovating on robotics. They're innovating on the city of the future and things like that. So there are a lot of interesting things on the side that maybe you don't think about in the brand itself. So you've also been in some sessions. Was there any great takeaway from today and why it's great to come to basically a brain trust, almost a meeting of the minds for how people are using market research, how they're using these insights in order to really make real impact in their businesses? I thought it was very interesting that one of the sessions talked about, as we think about marketing, that we start to really think harder about the social good and that companies need to really stand up for not just, you know, their for-profit business making money, but thinking about how they're going to help beyond that, help society and the environment and how companies are thinking about that now. And we've proven it out in our research that it does matter to their customers and we need to think harder about that and continue to make strides in that. And customers do care. It really ties back into your message because what you're saying is we're learning that the values of the consumer, if they are in alignment with sustainability factors, then companies need to make good on that. And what you find in the technology sector is that it matters about the customer's perception of whether they're innovating or not. So they can, like I said, they can innovate all they want. But if the customer doesn't see it, then they don't know how to align their loyalty to that brand. If you haven't had a chance to listen to a previous episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Sumer Sayani, and he works for Question Pro, and that episode is called A Brighter Future Can Be Powered by AI. If you're interested in what we've talked about here today and what AI is doing to lead the way in insights and CX, you will love that episode, so we'll place it in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this recap of X Day 2023 with Question Pro. Thanks for listening, and I wish you success in your next digital transformation endeavor.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.